What are the last three steps that you have to take in order to create your online course? Stay tuned and find out. Being an entrepreneur sounds like, yes, another new client. I did it. But it can also sound like, I am really not understanding this technology and I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Am I even cut out for this? That's why I started the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast to help infopreneurs, coaches, and course creators who want to build a business online but are battling technology, overwhelm, procrastination, and even imposter syndrome. Think successfully, think differently, think bigger, and take action by learning tips from an array of business owners, all dropping knowledge on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. What is up? What is up? What is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of how to create an online course learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and I've been in the coaching course creation and online space, oh my gosh, since the 90s. Here I am dating myself, so I've got a little bit of experience under my belt, and yet here I am still learning. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to share with you what I have learned and what I am still learning about course creation, coaching, entrepreneurship, and infopreneurship. Who are you? Well, that, my friend, I think is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur, or more specifically, an infopreneur with or seeking a coaching and online course model and business. Or maybe you're just hoping to have that very, very soon. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, and just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results. Very important to get those results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that's why I'm here hitting you with another solo success episode coming to you straight from the Dark Horse HQ. As we dive deep into infopreneurship and course creation and success with actionable advice, tips, and steps designed to help you level up your game, because here it is, we already know this, but there are no shortcuts to success, except for taking those little steps towards goal every single day. All right, so we're deep into the how to create an online course, I call it for beginners, Back in episode 337, we started with what was the first five steps, and I didn't want to overwhelm folks, so I really kind of cut it off at five, and then in 340, we continued with the next three steps, and then in 342, we continued with the three steps after that, and here we are now, getting ready to give you the last three steps, and I think, you know what, you could miss any one of these steps and, and maybe still pull it off. But I think if you miss these last three, this is the magic that really tends to uh, separate the wheat from the chaff, show the champions from the wannabes out there. And in synopsis, these last three steps are market your content, cultivate learning community, uh, emphasis on that word community, and 14, the last of the 14 steps is gathering feedback. Now let's go into those individually a little bit deeper, shall we? But before we head back there, again, if you haven't heard the first couple of episodes in these 14 steps that go in there, uh, again, episode 337 will give you the first part, which is the first five steps. 
Uh, episode 340 gives you the next three, and episode 342. Um, I will put the links down there in the show notes, so you can just click right over those and, re- and either re-listen to them or listen to them for the first time so that you know what's up in here. Now, if you already have an online course... Um, then this is definitely going to be beneficial for you because, again, we're going to talk about marketing your content, building that learning community, and gathering that feedback. Okay, so let's start with marketing your content. Now, if you've listened to the other three episodes that led you to where you are right now, it told you, and I'm going to remind you right now, that you should have been marketing your content from the day that you picked the topic of your course. You do not want to spend all this time creating your course and then create it and put it out there and spend all the hours writing the lessons and you know strategizing how you're gonna lay it out, figure out the best way to keep people engaged and record the videos and publish it and put it out there and get crickets. You don't want to get the crickets out there because you're gonna be like, yeah, you, you, you don't want to be like that, right? So you're going to want to start marketing your content when you way back when you first selected your topic. Now, you want to build that, uh, that pressure before you even release it. That way, right out of the gate, when you finally do release it, you'll have at least, at minimum, a handful of people that are already waiting for it, right? You'll have this early release list uh, not too long ago. Gosh, I say not too long ago. I think it was a little over a year and a half now. So maybe it was a little longer ago. I um, put up a uh, an early release page saying, "Hey, I'm getting ready to do this uh, online course about being a podcast guest." Because a lot of folks, while they don't want to take the time to host a podcast, or man, they just don't feel like they have the interview skills, or they just don't want to get on the mic. They just don't want to do it. However, they do see the benefit of getting on other podcast shows and getting their message out there, right? Now, the downside of that is some of them do not know how to be a good podcast guest. And there's there's a little bit of a skill that goes into it. I mean, you just don't want to get on someone else's show and spout all your goodness at random, right? You want to make the podcast host look good. You want to make sure you're delivering value for their specific audience. So if you can take your information and, f- and and weave through it and figure out what bits and pieces that are most valuable to that host's audience, then you make the host look good, you make the show look good, and then you look simply amazing, right? All right, now let me let me let me repeat myself here, right? You don't want to get on someone else's podcast and just talk like a talking head. So when you go to get on someone else's podcast, take a moment and understand what it is their audience is hungry for. Find your pieces of information that will benefit them the most, and that's what you want to share. Now, if it's one of those free-flowing, general dialogue kind of conversational things, still have those things at the ready. And if the conversation goes that way, well, certainly you can share that. 
Now, why am I going so deep into this? Is that so many folks don't understand that. They just, they're anxious. They, I've got a great book. I've got a great course. I've got a great coaching program. I'm a great coach. I'm a great this. I'm a healer. Uh, you know, I, I'm whatever you are, you want to get your message out there, man. And I get that. And you can come on there and have that great energy and share it with them. But if that's not the audience that's for that specific message that you say with your words, then it's going to fall on deaf ears. If you take those bits and pieces of your great program, of your great course, of your great coaching, of your great healing, and you, hmm, not I don't want to say modify it, but you mold it to fit that show's audience now, now they're going to be more receptive and you're going to get more feedback. You're going to get more folks raising their hand about your content. You want to do that. So I, I oh, no, I just, I went on a little rambling trail on that. So it, I, I saw that need in the marketplace and just created a little course around that. But before I created the course, I did, like I said before, I went and did a little marketing test, the waters and to see how many people might be interested. So I just whipped up a quick, a quick, you know, hey, sign up for here and uh, I'm going to give away, you know, a copy of this course. And right out of the gate, I t all I did was post it on Facebook in my group and on my profile. And that first day, 18 people signed up, right? That was almost like instant proof of concept for me. And then a few more trickled in, I think, before it was all said and done during the, hey, I'm going to give away a free copy of this uh, period. I had like 30 people sign up, which was awesome. Where I faltered is I didn't continue to market on that, right? I didn't continue to build that pressure. So, don't, yeah, see, I can speak from experience. I have no problem telling you where I fell on my face, stumbled, bumbled, tripped, and face planted. Uh, these are from experience. So you want to do that. And then now that you have your course out there, you want to market your content because you spent all that time and creative energy to create your online course. Now it's time to step on the gas of promoting it to get even more course registrants, right? Because you built up that energy up front, like I mentioned, you got those folks in the gate, right? And you've got them in there. Maybe you've taken some of their input and added a, a, a new lesson here or there, an extra video um, or what have you. And now you're getting ready to step on the gas. Now you can do this with free promotions. You can do it with paid types of marketing. You know what? You can even create a, a logo for your course to help your course look extra professional, stand out as you promote it. But let's talk about a handful of ways that would be some great ways to market these. And they're also very popular ways. Everyone knows about them. First one, obviously, email marketing, right? Send out an email campaign, those early folks that signed up early. Mm -hmm. And then any other list you've been building along the way. You can also reach out to those that you know um, have an affinity for your type of a program. And it may be not a direct affinity, it could be a sideline affinity. So for instance, while I may not direct something to podcasters directly, I went to folks that want to be a guest on podcasts, right? So I started reaching out to my fellow podcasting friends and saying, hey, you might want to tell some of the folks that you know about this program so that when they come on your shows or other shows that uh, you send them to, they'll be ready for it. They'll be even geared up more for it. So you can use other people's email list as well. 
Obviously, there's the uh, go-to for everybody nowadays, which is social media. You can promote your course on social media and in any relevant groups. Now, here's the key here. Don't just jump into a group and start spamming your link to your your amazing new course out there. And I know you're just doing it because you're just driving home the value. You're like, dude, Tracy, you don't get it. It's a $900 course and I'm giving it away for 27 bucks, which is fine. That's an amazing idea. However, if you just jump into a group and start dropping your link, guess how many people are going to click on it? Yeah, none. You're going to get more of those crickets, right? So what you want to do is you want to go into those groups You want to give value. You know, maybe there are groups in there that you can answer the kind of questions that are answered in your course. And you can go in there and drop that value and say, hey, if you'd like to know more about this, right, DM me, right, and I can share. And when they DM you, that's almost your invitation to say, look, I have a whole course around the very question that you asked. May I send you the link to that course? Sure, why not? And if they say no, no. No, no, no love lost, right? Um, the key is, is don't be dropping all those spammy links around, right? You're just going to piss people off. Um, another opportunity inside those groups is to reach out to the admins of the group and say, hey, I would love to share this course with your group. However, I don't want to go in there and be all spammy about it. Hey, and by the way, I will offer you affiliate commission for every sale that comes out of this group now. And you can share with them the information about the about the course of yours and everything else. And now they're like, oh, well, you're just here not, not to just to, you know, drop ugliness and, and be spammy about it. You reached out to me, which they, they will appreciate. And then you're willing to pay them an affiliate commission on top of that? Yeah, they'll be far more willing to uh, share your information. And the key about that point is have a, a little something, a little blurb prepared for them to share and that way you don't have to post it. It's coming from the admins, which gives, you know, a little bit of more credence to it, right? Uh, obviously, the next thing you can do is paid ads. Or you can run some paid advertising through Google ads or, you know, YouTube banner ads. TikTok is really hot now, you know, so give that a try. There's a lot of Facebook ads. There's lots of opportunities out there. You just want to be careful, Right. There are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. And I've talked a bit about some of those ways here on the podcast. You can go check out some of the episodes. I can't think of one off the top of my head. If it comes to me, I'll put it down in the show notes. Blog posts. Do not underrate this, right? You can create yourself a blog and write about the course. Write um, in question formats all the different questions that your course answers. And each one of those can be a blog post uh, that will help boost your SEO and showcase your knowledge. Uh, YouTube, obviously, create some little snippets, maybe take snippets from your course videos and put them up there and say, hey, this answers this one question. And inside the, uh, the description down there at the bottom of the video, you can start now showing the links to your course and that will start getting you, you know, some traffic to your course. And of course, there's the YouTube ads. YouTube Shorts is blowing up right now. I would definitely do YouTube Shorts, get ready to come up with a course on that. Here we am talking about a course, about a course. Here we go. Referrals and reviews. So all those folks that came in early, that signed up early and bought right out of the gate, get some, you know, get some reviews from them, have them post it, you know, have them send it to you and you post it, right? All the positive testimonies that you can get uh, will be hard, 
be worth their weight in gold. And you want to post those on the sales page, you know, testimonials and reviews right there. Other websites, reach out to other websites and collaborate with them. This is much like reaching out to those admins of those Facebook groups. Uh, Third-party course websites is another opportunity. Here's a good one. If you decide you're going to host your course yourself on your own website, which I highly recommend, and that's what I do, you could take a subset of your course and go over to a Udemy or a Thinkific type of um, platform and put a subset of your course over there, right? And sell it for $7. Heck, give it away for free, right? Sell it for $5, $7, whatever you want. And then at the end of your course, say, hey, you know, if you're like this, there's a whole lot more behind that. And you can put it in your profile. Check out the information in my profile, which sends them over to your main website where your course is hosted at. Influencers, you know, it's a little bit of a social media. You can par- uh, partner with other um, influencers within the courses industry that can help further reach your audience's niche. Try this in something like a... Um, Direct influencer reach out, you know, reach out to them and via their social medias. A lot of them will have uh, opportunities to pay. Some would do it for free. Uh, here's another one yeah, I've seen recently uh, be successful is Spark ads on TikTok, right? So these are folks that have built up an influence um, of audience on TikTok. And then you can reach out to them and get really inexpensive ads. They create, this is UGC, user-generated content on TikTok, and then they give you a code that they can send over to you, and then you can now average, you can use that um, post that they posted on their um, social media, so their their audience has already seen it, right? It's already, it's already gotten some momentum out of it, and then you use that very post as a TikTok ad and send it out to the rest. So uh, it's it's kind of an influencer and paid advertising play at the same time. Affiliate programs, I mentioned that earlier. You could kick off an affiliate program and work with ambassadors uh, so that others are out there promoting on your behalf. Podcast, you know I had to say this, right? You can start a podcast all about what's inside your course. And each episode can address a single snippet of your course. So you really never run out of content. Uh, and you can also highlight your expertise all at the same time. Uh, webinars, we've all seen webinars out there. I think I think webinars have their place. Uh, I think sometimes people rely too heavily on them because there's not many folks that want to sit around on a 60, 90-minute webinar and just to end up knowing full well they're going to be pitched some you know product at the end. If you can really bring the value um, that it could work for you, right? The key is, is going to be bringing that value to them so to keep them engaged during that period of time. Uh, and collaborate with other instructors. And I think the last thing, you could even uh, go multilingual. Uh, there's some platforms out there, uh, self-hosted and otherwise, that you could utilize what you've created and it flips it into other languages. Now you really open your market up at that point. Now, obviously, this topic here, I mean, here we are 19 minutes into the podcast already, and I spent the bulk of it just on um, a handful of marketing opportunities. Um, There's a whole host of ways, and each one of them 
could be a webinar all by themselves, right? They could be a course all by themselves. And they are courses. There's all kinds of courses out there about different aspects of marketing from TikTok ads to Facebook ads to using Facebook groups uh, to affiliate marketing. And uh, there are multiple episodes inside this podcast about the same topics. And I'll be doing additional ones upcoming here. And actually, I'm going to take each one of these 14 steps uh, and break them down into individual uh, podcast episodes, and there'll be components inside of that. I'm going to break down even further, such as this one right here. Uh, well, we'll go to each one of these um, marketing opportunities and do a whole episode about that, about how you can do this yourself. If you're looking for additional um, help with that, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to help myself. Tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Now, let's head over to what is it? Gathering feedback is where we're headed next, right? Okay. So if you think about it, in the past few years, especially the last couple years, right, a lot more business and a lot more learning has moved online, right? And it really helps in making data-driven decisions that we can tap into all the analytics that are out there and really hear your customers' voices, right? You can hear your students' voices. So when it comes to online courses, I mean, you should, you got really going to have to take advantage of all the digital uh, information that's out there, all those digital opportunities that so many people just walk right past. They're like, okay, I sold a hundred, a uh, hundred, you know, uh, stu- I got a hundred students into my course, man, I'm doing good. I only wanted 50 and they just walk right past it. If you want to improve your curriculum, you're going to want to have, you're going to want to ask for feedback. You're going to want to look at the data. And I'm talking about the data during and after the course, after a student goes to the course. Here's something I saw in, in a course recently. You know, you, it was a course where all nine um, modules were opened up at once. So if someone wanted to, they could jump right on down there and go to say, oh, I'm going to go straight to module four. And I said module four because that was one of the ones that were hit the hardest and it made me ask the question, well, why did you go straight to that and not go step by step? Well, I knew all the other stuff already. And I said, well, maybe there was, you know, uh, tips and tricks inside here that you didn't know. And th- the response was about from about three or four folks was, well, yeah, there may have been, but that's not what my problem was. Oh, right? Here's the thing. The more optimized and the more improved your course is, the more likely your student better experience that they will recommend you or they themselves want to enroll in a future workshop or course or learning opportunity or mastermind or whatever it is you may offer. Plus, you may find other offering opportunities inside that. Like I said, my folks, I saw a handful of them going straight to that one module and they let me know that that was a problem they were having. So I was able to dig in to what that problem was and offer an extension, right? I was saying, hey, I went, I went deep here, but I could go deeper. They're like, oh, please, please do, which created a whole nother course right behind that. See, you just need to get that feedback. Don't just... Uh, sits idly by. Don't be like that teacher. You're like you. You brought your you know war and peace book while everyone's taking tests, right? You want to be engaged with your students. You want to get that feedback. Create surveys. Yeah, There's a great opportunity, right? Use a form builder. Use a Google Forms. You know, uh, use a Jot form. There's a whole host of them out there. Ask students, you know, a series of questions. Ask them about their experiences. 
Ask them about suggestions for improvement, right? And be willing, be ready for the answers, right? Um, ask what was missing from the course, what they hope to get out of it. Heck, what you can do as part of the sign up is ask them a series of questions. Hey, what do you hope to get out of this course? What are you hoping will be in this course, right? And then ask them again at the end uh, some of the same questions and ask some additional things. See, once you measure success and analyze the answers, you can adjust and continue running a better course in the same course as well as better future courses. And I think one of the best ways to be able to gather that feedback in addition to some of the suggestions I've already made is the final tip I want to leave you with today is building a learning community. Yeah, right? You want to build that little community online, right? Um, which is kind of a collection of folks all around whatever your course is, right? So maybe that podcast guesting course I had, I started a little community and all of these folks are wanting to be guests on podcasts. Well, guess what? As I go through that, well, now I've, I've got a, few, a whole host of folks sitting there in this little community that I could bring on my show. Oh, and if they're not uh, a good fit for my show, I could look at them and say, oh, you know what? You're great for Mr. Jake's show, or you're great for Zach's show, you're great for Bart's show, and I could direct them to those folks. And there may be some folks that aren't quite ready yet, and I could help coach them, right? I give them some advice in the community, maybe bring them into a, a coaching program outside of the course that, that I run separately. Again, additional opportunities to be had. Online education is a pretty solitary activity, right? You know, so fostering a community of learners around your course will greatly improve their experience, right? Because you're going to you're going to build a band of brothers. It's going to contribute to the overall success of your course because there could be something that maybe you got 20 people and they're all in your community and 18 of them are killing it in module 1, but there's these two people that just it's just not quite clicking with them, right? And before you even get an opportunity to jump into the community and answer their questions, one or two of the folks that are already in the community are already helping them. Maybe they're helping them from their experience. Maybe they're helping them from what they've learned from your course. But what you've done is you've salvaged that almost sandpapered edge that they may have had by not quite understanding that very first module, right? An active online community can help share... Um, help help the users share a learning process, right? With a group of peers. And, and then here's another cool thing about it. As they get together, they're like, hey, man, we killed it. And, you know, and they're celebrating their successes. They're raising the questions like I was talking about that they may have. And as they raise those questions, and maybe even they, if they don't answer them amongst themselves, it's an opportunity for you to see without you having to ask them because they're asking the question, well, what about this? And what about that? And you can go in and say, hey, that's going to be answered in, answered in module two or in module three. Hang in there. You guys are, you guys are doing great, right? Or, or you realize, oh my good, goodness, I didn't think that. Maybe you thought everyone knew that. It was like this known fact. Um, and so you can add it to the module or add it to a future module. Again, 
can address the issue right out of the gate and improve their success rate and their feeling and their experience with your course. Um, and here's another cool thing, right? You get a group of folks together, they're going to bounce ideas off each other. They're going to generate a conversation. They're going to generate a whole new set of ideas. And think about this. If you're sitting in your office or in, in a space in your bedroom, if you're sitting on the pot in the bathroom, just brainstorming something, you'll come up with a handful of ideas. If I said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up with 15 names for a podcast about crocheting. You could probably come up with five pretty fast. Maybe you get to eight, a little slower. You get to 10, it's going to take you a little longer. But those last five, man, you're going to struggle. Now, if you had three other people, just three, and maybe not in the bathroom with you, but if you had three other people, a group of four, and you sat down and you started going through yours and you'd get to that eight and you'd struggle to get that nine and ten, and they're doing the same thing. And then finally you say, okay, now let's share with each other. I'm willing to bet you'll come up with a, even more, maybe 30 different names, all unique as a result of that vibrant conversation, right? And that enhanced interest and the excitement of sharing the ideas. And here's what's really cool. As you're reading your list, someone's going, oh, that made me think of another one. And someone else is going, oh, that made me think of another one. And as they're reading theirs, you're going to think of even another one, right? So you're going to, it's going to be this brainstorming. This is brilliant when it comes to uh, online communities. Now, you can also use your community as a great place to share news about upcoming enhances, enhancements to the course you already have, um, new courses you have coming down the pipeline, or opportunities that they might be interested in. Um, and you're going to have, already have an engaged audience, okay? Now, there's some, uh, let's see, there's some options I want to give you here about fostering an active community. And uh, one of the ideas is you can have a, a members area on your website, right? Because obviously, you're going to have folks that paid for your course, and you're going to have a little space where they can come to. Um, and you can have uh, chat there. You can have forums. Um, maybe you even have a Discord, right? You have your own little Discord. A friend of mine, Callie, just started his own little Discord, and there's a free section, and he has a paid section. Okay, so you have this private members area. It doesn't have to be a Facebook group, right? It can be, which is fine. Uh, there are a whole number of opportunities out there. I think there's another one out there called uh, Mighty, oh, I'm thinking of it. I know the logo is 2M's. Mighty Network is another opportunity. There are free versions as well as paid versions, so you don't have to um, host it somewhere else. You can have privately hosted things and things that are not just Facebook, okay? Um, there's online forms. You can create a form as part of your website. I think I mentioned that, Okay. And, uh, you know, that can help support your group and another's group. Um, social media forums, obviously, we just talked about that. Facebook group, you can have a Twitter list, uh, engaged listeners. Uh, for me, and this depends on the style that your folks are and, and you as well, where are they most likely to be at? Where are they most likely to gravitate towards? If Twitter, a Twitter list is the way that they'll really engage, and man, do a Twitter list. I don't care if you don't like Twitter. It's about your audience. It's not about you. Get over yourself, all right? I'm, I'm sorry. I just got to say it like it is. Um, 
Facebook groups. I have pros and cons about Facebook groups, but if my audience is going to go to a Facebook group and they're going to engage there and I know they will, guess what? I'm going to create a Facebook group and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to engage with them. Um, there are other online platforms, like I already mentioned. There's Slack. I've seen folks use Slack very effectively. Discord. I've seen three uh, great Discord communities. I'm a part of all three of them. Um, so there, there are different opportunities out there. You don't have to always gravitate towards the obvious um, big blue gorilla in the room with the Facebook group. Okay. The key is you want to build a space for your students to gather for you to elevate their experience with your course, help make sure they, they go all the way through the course, get the most out of it, um, and engage with each other. This gives you a great opportunity to gather more information, to let them know about future projects you're working on, new things going down the pipeline, or how you can best serve them. Maybe it's not another course. Maybe they keep telling you, dude, you've got to start a podcast. What you're, what you're sharing is brilliant, Right. Listen to them because if they're saying you got 20 people engaged in a group and they're saying you start a podcast, you already have 20 people that are going to go out there and market for you. I'm just saying. And you have 100. If you don't, you're probably silly. <laughs> All right. All right. So there you have it. Those are the last three uh, steps. And make sure you have to. I think these are one of the some. They're all important steps. But I think these three here really will make you, will separate you from the rest of the market. Because if you get out there and market your content well, right, and you cultivate a learning community, right, you've already, those two things, everyone markets, well, not everyone, all the good folks market. Not everyone can build a community of like-minded folks. Now, you've really pulled yourself away. And then if you gather that feedback and continue to enhance the experience, which the community will help you do, you're going to blow most of your competition right out of the water. All right? That's all 14 steps. Pick your course. Ensure your course idea has high market demand. Create that magnetic and compelling learning outcomes. Select and gather your course content. Structure your modules and course plan, right? And at the same time, you're going to pick your platform. You remember I mentioned I, I, I host mine individually. There's, a, there's an array of them out there. Then number six, right, you're going to determine the most engaging and effective delivery methods for each lesson. Some lessons might be lectures. Some lessons might be videos. Some lessons might just be a PDF right? Whichever one's going to engage them the most. Number seven, make sure your content is engaging. Then eight, you're going to go into the filming, the recording, and the editing of your course. Nine, you're going to set up your online school. Ten is your pricing, right? You want to price your course. You want to feed into that bigger, let's call it academy business model, right? So you can have multiple courses that feed under an umbrella. Number 11, you're going to launch yeah, right? You're going to launch with some ongoing marketing. Number 12, you're going to really market your content. Number 13, you're going to cultivate that learning community of folks. And number 14 is you're going to gather that feedback and elevate their experience via that feedback. Whew. Right? You know, and that kind of leads to one I didn't talk about. And it just hit me right now as I was thinking about it is you're going to want to adapt, improve, and update. 
Yeah, and I say adapt, really. I think the improvement update, I've, I've beaten uh, that dead horse over the head pretty aggressively in the past 35 minutes. Um, but the adapt might not. Uh, I did mention briefly that, you know, if your folks dig Twitter and they're all about it and you don't like it, get over yourself, adapt. Jump on Twitter. Get where they're at, okay? If they're in Facebook and they love Facebook and you don't, get over it. Get on Facebook, okay? Adapt. Now, as some new and improved platform or course module uh, structure tool comes around, you might be able to take that and adapt to it and jump ahead of your competition, right? I say this as I think about all the um, all the technology that's just is blowing up everywhere, right? We. Uh, Google glasses are, they're they're back. Uh, They're coming back with a vengeance. You know, obviously we have Oculus and the multiverse is going on. There may be opportunities for you to adapt in some new technological way that could be your cutting edge. It could be your edge over your competition. It could be something that's keeping you from really, there's something right there right now. You just can't quite crack the nut of how to cheat someone how to do this, shoot archery. I don't know what it is. But then some new tool comes out and you're like, wow, if this tool does this, then I'll be able to show them that. And it does, you know? So now you adapt your course using this new tool and now you're really ahead of the game, right? So that's that last bonus step on here is adapt, approve, an update. All right, there you have it. All 14 steps plus a bonus one to get your online course out there. And over the course of the next, oh gosh, it'll be more than 14 episodes. We're going to dig deeper into each one of these. And it won't be consecutive episodes because you know me, I'm going to hit you with some additional stuff in between so I don't overbore you with everything. And there's going to be this mindset stuff you're just going to have to tackle with. Um, And we're going to dig into that on occasion. So, plus, you know, we're going to have the occasional uh, guest speaker come up in here. We've got Adam Adams coming up. He's going to share some great things about uh, podcasts. And I just interviewed an amazing couple. And she woke up one morning paralyzed from the neck down. You are not going to want to miss that episode. All right. So, with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.